Welcome to Spoilers, Please, where we share our opinions on Melanesa Safin Junk Show. <laughs> I knew you were in trouble. Just like right right at the beginning, right when you spoke your first word, this is not going to go well. This is going off the Welcome rail. Welcome to Spoilers, Please, where we, where, where right. we had this. Oh, here yeah. we go. I got it. I got it. Welcome to Spoilers, Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies or TV show, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hello, my name is Albert. This is Johnny. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about a movie where the protagonist goes up the ladder in this company of his, and his boss is kind of questionable. But the higher up he goes, things get more bad, and and it's like he made a deal with the devil kind of thing. And yes, we are talking about The Devil's Advocate, yeah. Tyrion Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. And just like uh, The Devil's Advocate, there's a giant horse cock in this one. <laughs> just like it. Just uh, These movies are paralleled. Yeah. We are talking about Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. starring Lakeith Stanfield and a bunch of other people. Uh, Stephen Yen from from uh, Walking Dead is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valkyrie. Tessa Thomas. Tessa Thompson. Thompson? Thomas? Thompson? 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 Yeah. Thompson? In it, who who else is in it? Uh, uh, Terry Crews is in it. Terry Crews, very small role. Right, Danny Glover is in it. Oh, uh, Army Hammer. That's yeah, the guy, Hammer. That's yeah, the guy so I wanted to mention because he's yeah. pretty cool. In this he's really movie. good in it. Yeah, he's really good in it. But yeah, it, it's a it's kind of probably one of my favorite movies of this year. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of really out there, and a lot of it has to do with the director, which is uh, Boots Riley. Boots Riley. Where was he from? He's a, he's from Oakland. The movie takes place in Oakland, and he's from Oakland. I think, and he's a performing arts kind of person, mostly into music and stuff. I think Tessa Thompson is kind of uh, her his stand in for in this movie. I think because I think that's kind of I don't know I'm no, I didn't, I'm not familiar with him before this movie, but that's the thing. That's from my understanding. That's kind of him. You know not, I mean? not to be racist or anything, but mm-hmm. he's not from the TV show Atlanta. No, no, he's not. <laughs> not all black uh, entertainers work together and know each other and stuff like that. But no, really? He, yeah, he's 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 from the Bay Area, Oakland, like I said specifically, and like I said, he's a performing arts kind of person. He's mostly into music and stuff. He's like a performer, uh, spoken words kind of a thing. I, that's my understanding. And what this is his you, first time uh, director. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this movie? I liked it a lot. I liked it. I liked it a lot. A lot of interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. Very. Of our times, talking about very interesting stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, especially the second half, I thought it was really, really, really strong. A lot of, a lot of uh, racially charged, lots of economically charged stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot, a lot of. It makes you think. It makes you think a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a satire, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that it's, I guess, a parallel, an alternate world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it's very, with, but with very many similarities. Oh, wait, they artwork. told you right in front of this because they had the advertising for that for that prison. <laughs> All you can eat, all you can live, expense-free prison. Well, thing, right? technically, it's, technically, it's not a prison. Technically, it's that's not a prison. What, that's what, yeah, that's what the white man wants you to think it is. No, it's but that's sla- slavery by any other name is is slavery. But it's yeah, technically it, not it, a prison. That's a sarcasm. Yeah. It, it's basically like like saying that the people are a slave. They want they want they're so uh, consumed with with getting things easy, or at least like some, some you know, going for the easy like. Having the government or whatever mm-hmm. entitlements, yeah, kind of like so. So they're so they're a slave to the entitlement, but that also makes them a slave to doing what the government tells mm-hmm. them to do yeah. or the company tells them to do because of the entitlements that. Or it's just I, I don't think, know how to explain it. Really. My, my parallel, my my whole thinking is like it's 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 modern uh, enslavement and stuff like that. But it's but it's it's a corporate kind of thing. So it's money kind of thing. You know what I mean? They they put shine on it and stuff like that. It's, they're selling you on 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 ensla- enslaving without using slaves. Remember the remember remember uh, Thor Ragnarok at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, what do you call it? Jeff Goldblum's character uh, has a has a has a bit with the with his uh, uh, uh with his uh with his right hand man, the woman. I forgot. 
she says, "Oh, the the, the slaves have, have escaped," and he says, "Oh, no, 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 don't, ah, don't, don't use that word. What, what slaves? Yeah, don't use the word slaves. But you know, so she has to call it by a different other name. So that, I, that's what that's what I got from it and stuff. Sure, I mean, there's a lot of social commentary with this movie, which is what really impressed me about this. Yes. It's like you can really uh, unpack a lot from what mm-hmm. this movie is trying to say, mm-hmm. and clearly, I'm having a hard time trying to explain what the movie is trying to say. But when I was watching it, I was kind of getting it. Yeah, you know, uh, what else? Uh, I think mostly the social commentary stuff is the what that struck me, especially especially the second half. I would say the first half maybe starts off a little bit slow if they kind of build up to it. I thought the first half could have been even weirder and stranger and moved a little at a quicker pace. But the second half, they, he throws a lot of a lot of ideas at you at, at the end and stuff about activism, about uh, climbing this, uh, the economic world to the white person, you know, but not having a voice in it and stuff like that. There's a lot of ideas here. There's a lot of good stuff here. I thought that was based on the trailer. I thought that was going to be the only running premise about the thing where. Mm-hmm. He's really gets really good at telemarketing because of his white voice, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't realize it was gonna go the way it went. I think what what the moment that I knew that I was, I was gonna really love this movie was the scene where where they were doing the high five uh, montage. Mm-hmm. That one completely cracked me up. Yeah. From that point on, I'm like, okay, this movie completely wins me over now. Mm-hmm. I'm now just completely in it for the ride. Right. It's really good. And if you want, just go through some of the ideas. The, the, there here are some of the bigger ones that kind of struck me. It's not. It's not. It's the idea that uh, uh, African Americans uh, they can make money in America. They can make a lot of money in America. They can succeed in America, but you're never ha- will never be at the same uh, level as white America. You know what I mean? You never had the same voice. You know what I mean? At the end, where, where there's like a where that at that orgy party of Army Hammer, it's just him and the person that brought him in. You know, everybody else is just white and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I mean, when you try to reveal and to some, it's the second thing that, I, that struck me was when you try to uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, send out uh, red flags that something's wrong, something's going on with America. Somehow, corporate America, white America, they normalize the, the the crazy shitty things. You know what I mean? Like they in this movie, they reveal that the army hammer is changing or transforming men into horse slaves and stuff like that. And the general public with mass media just normalizes it. You know what I mean? He gets actually rewarded for the, for that. His stock prices goes up. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. So there's, there's a lot of things like that, a lot of interesting ideas like that. I guess the metaphor there is that you're signing a contract uh, for a company and mm-hmm. not realizing that the fine print will right. literally alter your life. And in this yeah. case, you become a horseman. And, uh, yeah, and well, also, what are they called? Equi... Equi citizens or something? Equi mm. something like that. Like and that. the idea is, if you sign your... And the, the other thing the movie, the movie's talking about is like, if you sign your, 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 your... If you work for somebody, if you sign your... your, your at what point do you, what, do, you, do you still get a voice? You know what I mean? Just because you work for X company, do you still... Do you, does that get... Do they mean they own everything? You own everything to them and stuff like that? Do you, what, do you have a voice? What kind of... Uh, what do you call it? How much money? How much participation do you get? You know what I mean. I think that's Stephen Yoon's character and the, and the union part of it. You know what I mean? Because we all worked for at one point of some big giant corporations and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But at one point, you know, do they owe you? You know what I mean? What percentage are you owed? You know what I mean? So versus profits and stuff like that. So that's something else the movie brings uh, brings up. Well, another thing too is okay. What's the name of the of the company where they'll take care of you? Oh, worry free. So worry free, Tommy. Right. So so these people blindly, well, blindly, blindly sign their life away because oh, are we going to be taken care of? Yeah. You know, that's fine. We'll be taken care of. You know, worry free kind yeah. of thing. So, but the the thing is though is that they blindly go in it and they're supposed to be happy mm-hmm. even though they're treated like crap kind of mm-hmm. thing but they sign their life away it to me it seems like a commentary also on consumerism yeah. where you're you're loyal to a company and you buy whatever the company sells you right. no questions asked and hey I'm happy mm-hmm. you know 
Apple. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. so it's, it's that kind of it's, it seems like it's that kind of a commentary as well. Yeah, and it's also uh, it's also a thing where how how did this company become what it is? You know what I mean? What are the things that that happening behind this behind the scenes? You know what I mean? Like uh, at one point, I think Tessa Thomas performing arts thing at the gallery where she gets stuff thrown at her. She mentioned uh, those cell phones in that in the wastebasket there. They're made from minerals that are found only in Africa and there's rare minerals that make it work and stuff like that. But those are all uh, uh, are processed by blood. You know what I mean? A lot of warfare in uh, in Africa because of these conflicts and they use slave labor, child labor to, to get these things. You know what I mean? It's also it's also asking the audience to kind of look behind these corporations and stuff like that. See what is, what, what's behind the curtains and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? going back to my, my Apple example, iPhones. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. You hear a story about Foxcom, like, like they had literally had to put suicide nets on yeah. the factories because their their labor is horrible and people mm-hmm. are committing suicide. Yeah, right. And yet, <laughs> iPhones sell like hotcakes. Seriously, I have right? my iPhone with me right now. And stuff like that. <laughs> I'm gonna go home once I once I'm done with this this nickel and dime shop. I'm gonna go home and turn on my Apple TV, my Apple, uh, my my iPad, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah. see, it, it seems like the Tesla Thompson character isn't completely hundred percent. Um, it's like a commentary on on the the, the stereotypical hipster yeah. millennial, mm-hmm. where you you she's like like I'm fighting for what's right, but hey, if I have some of the comfort from yeah. from what I'm fighting against, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, but I'm fighting for what's right. Is that kind of thing? So there's there's a conflict with her character where she was happily you know living luxury with when when what's his face Lucky Sanfield was able to uh, a cash. Mm-hmm. I was able to get a better apartment, but as as soon as it's not comfortable enough for her, she's gonna go. You know, yeah. but it's really like, and that yeah. one I can relate to. You know, I'm, I'm I am one of those I am one of those liberal people like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, fifteen fifteen dollars for everybody, minimum wage and stuff like that. Yeah, no child labor and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know what? I have my iPhone. Like I said, I have my iPhone. Right. You know, she was like, I, you know, I wear clothes that probably made from kids and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm blasting that AC. It's probably, it's probably there's a cost to that too. You know, with oil and all that stuff. You know, I could probably afford an electric car, but I haven't bought one yet. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, bought, I'm burning fossil fuel. You know what I mean? I, I can, I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the movie tries to. That's the most subtle thing about the movie. I think is the Tessa Thompson character. Mm-hmm. I don't think people would get that. I mean, all she does is like she. She flips signs for a living. Yeah. Right. And, and she's not even really that good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, but but hey, she she has a cost. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but she's also freeloading with with right. her boyfriend. But but like but like I like to think like like most of us, she has a red line. She has a thing that she won't cross. You know what I mean? She, when she says, uh, what do you call it? If you cross that picket line, if you're a scab or something like that, I'm gonna break up with you and stuff like that. That's her line. No, but 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 she never she didn't do it right away. Yeah, I thought she did. Though. No, yeah. remember because remember she quit the job with telemarketing mm-hmm. because he was he was a scab, mm-hmm. but she couldn't work there anymore because it would look oh, bad she, on her. Okay, right. I See? thought they broke up. Uh, okay, no, they, they broke up later on. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, I can't remember the sequences. You're probably right. Uh, actually, one of the more subtle things I actually picked up was uh, Stephen Yoon's character and stuff like that. Because the thing is, you sometimes because this this is a movie that's very very aware of race and stuff like that. So I think what Boots is trying to say with the Stephen Yoon character is like a lot of times in, in, in movies and stuff and in, in popular culture, culture, Asian Asian Americans are portrayed as a perfect minority. You know what I mean? So in this movie, of course, he's, he's almost like the white knight. He's almost too perfect and stuff like that. You know, he's in there fighting for workers' rights, fighting for their pay and stuff like that. But, but there's a joke in there where he's on the, with the blowhorn uh, he says he's doing this for uh, like chlamydia or something like that, or they, they should have like medical. Uh, they should have medical insurance. Like they check for chlamydia because they sleep around too much. 
And I and Stephen Yoon is a friend of Lakeith's character, right? Right. And but he's a pussyhound, apparently. You know what I mean? Yep. He goes after uh, Tessa Thompson pretty aggressively and stuff, and sleeps with sleeps with him, sleeps with her without knowing if they broke up or not and stuff like that. Yep. So I think what the boots is trying to say is like, no, nobody in this world is obviously perfect. You know, he that's not what he's trying to say. He's not, he's not making a black and white thing. But there are obvious things. There there are corporations. There are things that are done that are egregiously evil, and. They need to be taken on, even by even, and you can't approach it by saying, "Oh, it's just black and white." That's the evil empire. We're perfect. We're white knights. We're we're imperfect. We have our faults and stuff. We have our problems. But we all have to get together, come together as a whole, and stand up and fight these corporations. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I totally agree. But um, there was a, there was a, there was a topic that I want to talk about, but we kept going far, far away from it. Oh, sure. Going back again to. Uh, Cash's character, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, like like black people, African Americans can succeed in America. And by the way, I feel perfectly comfortable for speaking for the black uh, black uh, community right now. <laughs> perfectly comfortable. Yes, go ahead. Uh, the, the black people can, like you said, we can be successful. They can we, they can be successful in <laughs> yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Speaking of talking about for, yeah. for them, they can be successful in America only if they're doing things that white people like. Right, and they you approve know, of. Like the part where it's like, oh, you rap? Like, no, actually, I don't. Yeah. No, come on, you rap? Yeah. Like, no, I really don't rap. Yeah. You know that kind of thing? So it's like like dance, monkey dance. It was like yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And the thing is, Lakeith Sanfield's character knew exactly what he what they really wanted to hear, though. You know right. what I mean? They wanted permission. They he, they wanted to hear the N-word. They, they wanted to be a gangster and stuff like that. Yep. So he just gave them, like, just give the people what they want. Just white people what they want. N-word, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was like a very striking commentary. Yeah? And and that point, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much true. Yeah. You know, like you, you get like all these NFL players who are predominantly African-Americans. Yeah. But they are they are still owned by like owned. They are still like their the boss is still a white guy. I mean, telling the them bosses what to would, do. The bo- their bosses would say, "Yeah, they we we own." They you're using the word the boss would use. Yeah, they own the, the players, right? They're, they they yeah. own it. And, stuff. They're, they're, and, and the, the whole the whole thing with with I mean, we, we're, I guess I'm talking about the, the Ning thing, Ning Ning to the flag. Uh, like, hey, we, we paid you black people to play the football. Yeah, you can't be like speaking your mind now. Yeah, you know that is that kind of a thing. Yeah, and they're completely hypocritical about that, about that too. You know what I mean? Just just the other day, the what do you call it? The owner of the uh, Arizona Cardinals spoke out about. He used the Twitter account of the Arizona Cardinals to praise President Trump for his uh, Supreme Court nomination and stuff like that. But you know, he's the same guy who says, you know what? Keep politics out of sports. You and you and you you my players don't say anything about politics and all that. So just stick to sports. But you know it's hypocrisy. You know what I mean? Hypocrisy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? What's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. I think is the expression. Right. You know what I mean? And it also, it's also interesting again back to going Cassius. I think Cassius is the most somewhat innocent in terms of like um, character in this movie. Yeah. You know, especially now 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 we're like talking about negative stuff about Tessa Thompson's character, Stephen Young character. I think out of all the characters, he seems to be the more sympathetic character. Yes. Because he did get this job for his girlfriend. Yeah. Right, right. So he did try to move up the ladder. And his uncle too. What's that? His uncle too. And his uncle too. Yeah. And he did move up the ladder because even though he knew it was wrong, but at the same time, he, he's able to take care of people. Yeah. You know, so he's like, it's like I'm going to do this because I'm doing it for you kind of thing. But at the same time, he's also doing it for himself too. Right, he's right. Selfish yes. too. Yeah, it's, it, it, you, if you put himself in, if you put yourself in, in that spot, it is, it, it, you do think, oh, what would I do? You know, what do, I mean, if I didn't have anything and then, and if a person offers me X amount of dollars and stuff like that, yeah. what would I do? Would and, I, and that was know? the running joke. They, yeah. They'll keep giving you a piece of paper and we're going to give you this much. Happy yeah. face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's the most conflicted character. He's the most kind of innocent character. He's the one who kind of opens the movie without, I mean, Tessa Thompson character mentioned 
that the reason why she's attracted to him is because he had thoughts on his own where he's like free spirit. But to me, he didn't really have any free spirit. You know, he was just kind of floating along. You know, what I mean, as the movie, he, he was the, the slave. To, he was the slave to society. Yeah, so, yeah. He, his his actions are a result of how how he lived in society. Yeah, you know. Although he did say that he didn't want to be like the football players in his high school, right? Who they're, all they're doing is they're kind of stuck in that rut, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't know. That's the one part of the movie I didn't quite understand. Like where what her attraction was to him at the beginning and what drew them together and stuff like that. I understand, totally understand what, why they ended up together at the end because he becomes the, the hero and he be, he stands up for not only himself but society, he becomes a voice for activism and, and, and all that stuff. But I didn't understand what was going on at the beginning of the movie. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, but, but he is the most... Yeah, he is the most sympathetic for me. And, and I did I did like... His, his story arc is exactly the... The hook to keep watching and see where the story is going mm-hmm. is to see what's gonna happen to him. And at the very end, uh, I assume that when they knocked him out at the very end, they they went ahead and drugged him with the horse thing. That's oh, why okay. he became sure. a horse. That's the only thing I can think of and when that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, or maybe that maybe that thing wasn't cocaine. Maybe that thing was the horse thing, but it takes days to kind of transform your DNA into horse and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and I also want to mention something at the end too, since you mentioned it. The the ending of the movie, uh. Uh, nails the. I thought this is what he was doing throughout the movie, but the the scene at the end really kind of sealed it for me. This is even despite all the bizarre stuff that happens with the coke and the horse thing and the protest and him floating in and out of people's home where they're doing the the telemarketing thing. This is a classic hero's journey. This is a classic Joseph Campbell story where a, 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 a character steps away, steps from the normal world into the into of the bizarre world, in the the weird world, right? And then when he steps in it, he passes that threshold. There's an old man danny glover's character that kind of leads him through it and stuff like that he's given a magical power or stick or ability a lightsaber in luke skywalker's case but in this case it's his white voice and stuff like that and he comes back he makes a full circle he goes the full circle is he goes back into that garage right in familiar settings and he's changed though he's a different person he's become a he's ma- more mastered of his of his surroundings and his, his more developed character but but the twist is He's a horse now, you know what I mean. And I think what Boots is trying to say in this, in the, in the twist is, the fight, the fight is never, it's, it's never over. You know what I mean. You can't just rest on your laurels. It's just, not, just because this corporation gets taken down doesn't mean it's, it's over. You know, you have to keep being a protest. You have to keep being activists and stuff like that. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, when they showed the apartment at the very end again, um, it was kind of on the nose, the garage. Yeah. Uh, when he goes like, well, you know, the apartment is the same apartment, or the the garage, same garage, but. The furniture's nicer, the bed's nicer, and yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did say, like, like, well, c- coming off that, there, there are going to be changes, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so he's like, it's kind of like an on, on the nose kind of commentary. Yeah. But the the, the mid credit sequence where where he's now looking for for the 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 serum to cure themselves, mm-hmm. I don't even think the serum exists. Oh, I didn't even see that part. I didn't even stick around. I didn't know there's, there's, there's yeah, that's the mid credit sequence. Oh, okay, okay. Mid credit sequence. Army Hammer wakes up in his house, and the thing like like there's there's intruder, intruder, whatever, yeah. and it cuts to a scene where where the, all the the equa, the equa, the, the horse mm-hmm. people yeah. are like are like breaking down the uh, the gate. Oh, okay. Of the house. Oh, you know, I saw that part. Oh, yeah, I, that's, thought, that's I, thought, I thought I thought after that. Oh, I thought you did the same with that rummaging through the house for uh for. Oh a no, no 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 no! You mean why? Why did he bust through the door? He says he, he the guy's speaking. Oh, where's I'm here for the sermon stuff like that. Is that right, what you're saying? that was yeah. it. That was, oh, well, okay. Yeah, it's mid credit because they showed credits and gotcha. then that yeah, yeah. one. And then. Yeah, I saw that part. And speaking of Army Hammer, he's great in this. He's fantastic. He, this, yeah. he has a fantastic scene with Le- Keith Stanfield. So it's fantastic. You know what I mean? He plays such a rich, douchey, entitled 
uh, corporate guy. It's just amazing and stuff like that. Because it's the most freakish thing in the world. But he's but his focus is on. Hey, I'm trying to t- tell you the sales pitch here, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? He's completely unaware how grotesque and how inhumane he, what he's doing is. But you know, his whole thing is like, hey, this thing's making gonna make money and stuff like that. And you know, and he's like thinking ten steps ahead. He says, this thing's gonna make me money, but it's gonna probably ruff, ruffle some feathers. Why don't I get something set up with this? Uh, uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King character uh, set up and stuff like that. He wants, but you know, I know being changed to a horse is a pain in the ass. But you know, it's only for five years, hundred million dollars. You know? Yeah, maybe yeah. his logic is that um, you're gonna get a lot of money. Yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get giant horse penis. Yeah, um, and you sign the contract that yeah. that you're going that you agree to this experiment. It's fantastic. And he goes like, "I'm not evil." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he he so he's like, hey, this is perfect. This is a business transaction, man. We're cool, right? You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a fantastic performance. It's a completely fantastic, earnest performance. You know what I mean? He's completely sincere and earnest about what he's doing. In his mind, in his entitled mind, he's not doing anything evil and stuff. Right. It's a business transaction. Hey, man, you make money, I make money. Hey, win win guy, win win. Yeah. Like that. I mean, he, you know, he he cuts corners a little bit in in how to get there. He mm-hmm. bends the rules a little bit to how to get there. But hey, he's still doing things. Legally, yeah. I guess technically, mm-hmm. right? It's no, it's no different than like when when re- Republicans like do uh, gerrymandering to yeah. try and get their way with the yeah. votes, kind of thing. It's it, they're not doing anything wrong. It's yeah. all legal. You yeah, know. something else we should mention is the the TV show that everybody's watching. You know what I mean? The one where you, right. get, you get punched, you get dropped in horse shit and stuff like yeah, that. I got the shit kicked out of me. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. It's a, whole, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a commentary on our, our society. You know, what I mean? there are real, real problems going on in the world. But instead of focusing on it, most people are just watching TV and the most and watching reality TV, the lowest kind of denominator. You know what I mean? The Boot Riley is just not condemning the corporations, the evil corporations, and stuff like that. It's just he's condemning society as a whole. You know what I mean? You know, Lakeith Stanfield is, tr- is is trying to tell the world this game changing, the ultimate scandal in uh, in the in the in the world. The most, you know, uh, but you know, he has to go, he has to go get his dick punched to to get his to get a voice to have a voice in this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's almost like a co- uh, commentary on keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, like I haven't seen an episode, but a lot of people watch that. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Yeah, it's a commentary on that. Like, like there, there are smarter things to watch on TV, and yet you, you gravitate towards that. Yeah, you know, is this is this what's gonna take for you know for a guy, a black guy to uh, what do you call it? I I took a parallel to like Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Black black, black people have been screaming at the top of their lungs. The police are mistreating us. You know, they're brutalizing us. You know what I mean? We're not getting our constitutional rights and stuff like that. But you know, for the most part, mass media it kind of ignores it and stuff like that. But you know, he has to go. Get his dick punched a bunch of times to to have a voice out there, and it's interesting. Yeah, you have to guest star in keeping up with the Kardashian yeah. if you want people's eyeballs to yeah. see what you're trying to say. And nothing, another thing I I really liked was well, I think Stephen Young's character had the best line in the whole movie at towards the end when the horse. What were they called again? Aquarius people, Aquarius <laughs> equinox, whatever. They're, when they're out there riding and you know kicking ass and stuff like that, and he says, you know, he says to the horse person, uh, "Your struggle is our struggle," and that's true. You know, I mean, minorities. He represents a, a minority. The horse represents a minority. The African Americans there represent a minority. Minorities kind of have to stick together. They really do. Minorities cannot fight amongst itself. You know what I mean? If if a, a person in a black community have a problem with messing in a community, they they have to work it out amongst themselves. They can't let that be a distraction to the, the larger goal of, of fighting the white man. You know what I mean? You know, when I say white man, I mean evil corporations, politics and stuff. I don't mean literally <laughs> the white man. You know what I mean? So white people, don't, calm down. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm using, you know, you know what I'm saying? I kind of wish there was more like good white 
characters in this that you can root for as yeah. well. Because I mean, it's not they, that kind of party though. Yeah. I mean, there are some like white people in, in the telemarketing thing. You know, they're, they're clearly in the right. You know, and are in the good side, whatever. Are there? There were white people on the telemarketing thing. There were white people there. I know that, but what, yeah. Are they? But I mean, like, like we don't have a character in this movie that represents that. Hey, not all white people are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you're right. Yeah, I see. I'm sorry, I missed. I missed your point. You're right. Yeah, there is no a, a decent white character and stuff like that. All the white people in that uh, in that lower level corporate people are just like they're just talking corporate speak. You know where that 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 white scene with the manager. Oh, you with the managers? No, I talk yeah. about the telemarketers themselves. Oh, telemark- yeah, there's yeah, not. They, they are there. they are pretty much just like uh, background supporting characters. No different than a lot of movies and TV shows where black people, Asians yeah, get, are just background, yeah. you know, supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was one sympathetic uh, white character. Yeah, I don't think there was. Yeah, hey, that's not criticism. That's a plus for me. I get thumbs up for that. That's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's I, bo- I would like to think that, that that was done on purpose as social commentary. Oh, for, for yeah. definitely sure. Yeah, this is a movie, and Butcher himself is it's just hyper aware uh, of race and and the way culture is right now. So yeah, it's not, it's not. I don't think it's by. I don't think it's by mistake. Yeah, and even even the the managers in the telemarketing thing. I mean, there there are uh, middle management. You know, yeah. there's, there's, they have bosses that they work for. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're doing their job, and yeah, they're not as sympathetic to the as compared to the telemarketers, but they're not really that bad either. Yeah, but they're, they're but they're hyper focused on profit, and they're, you know, it's, it's are, their job though. Yeah, but still, they're not three dimensional people. Not, they have no empathy or no sympathy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And all they're doing is just uh, pushing the bottom lines of it. There's that scene, the scene I was referring to earlier, where the manager. Was letting two two other guys do like a presentation and stuff like that, and the two people that were presenting, all they do is just do uh, uh double talk. You know what I mean? They they or just they're just using words, but they don't have any meaning. Yeah, you know corporate I mean? speak, corporate speak, and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I totally understand. Where the one the one guy was like, "Hey, doesn't jargon this, jargon that?" Yeah, and people are like, "I have no idea what yeah. the, what the hell." And the lady steps up. Oh, okay, I got this. I got. This. But she does the same thing. You know what I mean? Just in yeah. a different way. And stuff no, no, like that. she does it in the same way where it's very nice and nice and flowery. Yeah. Like the other guy was more aggressive. Like we're gonna yeah. do this, I'll coke do up that. And, stuff like that. Yeah. and then the other person is like, "No, we gotta do it this way." You yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. so it's like yeah. the opposite of a strategy of <laughs> trying to get workers to to do what you want them to do, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Man, it's good stuff, man. It's really, really good stuff. Yeah, and then now let's talk about the uh, the actual direction. Love the direction. Yeah, this is another one of those directors that I can completely see uh, being pulled to do like a Star Wars or Marvel oh, movie yeah. because he's as a he's as a visionary, very, very great ideas. Yeah. You know, like like the whole thing like you mentioned earlier, where the, the, the telemarketing scene, you literally see him like crash into a person's house. That's really good. Kind of yeah, but I don't see him. He's one of those people that I think will be. Will just keep doing these kind of underground five million dollar movies and stuff. I don't think he's one of those. I don't think he has any interest in in making a Marvel movie, a Star Wars, DC movie, and stuff like that. He's like, I said, he's not just like a performance, but that the the second act with the activism and all that stuff. That's really him and stuff like that. He's a very involved in Oakland politics and stuff like that. He's I don't think he's in any interest in doing kind of mainstream movies. And stuff so you're like saying that. he's like a Wes Anderson kind of character, bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, very very unique style and direction, very, or very the guy who did uh, Paddington. Oh, um, Paddington? That guy? The British guy? Remember we were calling him the British Wes Anderson? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that guy, I think, that, that I don't think he's... he's like Paul that, King? Something King, yeah. Paul but King. I, but he's going he's gonna to go on to do bigger budget things and stuff like that. I think he's the one that signed up for the Willy Wonka prequel. And stuff oh, like that's right. He did. Yeah, he so did. yeah, I, I don't yeah. put boots in the same category. But but I mean, in that terms of like like a visionary director. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Course, mark, yeah. Making their mark that, that not, not necessarily copying other people. Yeah. But I'm just going to do my own thing. 
and, and it's going to be unique to myself. Yeah. And that seems to be it. Because, I mean, I don't see any other movies doing his telemarketing trick where they're, they're going to literally crash into the other person's mm-hmm. house. I That's really don't good. see that happening anywhere else. Yeah, you know? it's really good. And just, just, just the way he does transitions, the editing, and just like his visual style on like what he shows you on screen. Yeah. There's a couple of visual uh, cute things that he does. Is like sometimes uh, at the end of a scene, he'll uh, he'll he'll have the character speak to a person in a different scene. But you know what I mean. But the dialogue cuts to it, cuts right. to the next scene and stuff like that. That's really interesting stuff. That's really good and stuff like that. That's really good. And this is just a lot of neat visual stuff. You know what I mean? In the beginning, Keith Stanfield is what do you call it? Doing the telemarketing scenes, and they really don't call attention to why would you cut to it. But in the background. The white people are yes. fighting. Yeah, white people are fighting at, in the Xerox copy machine room. You know what I mean? They never call it out and stuff like it's that. It's like, like, like the printer's busted. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's, like, it's like literally just background. Yeah, background, stuff like that. And the, the horror stuff, he plays it straight. You know what I mean? He plays it not as a, not, it's a little bit horror, but it's not, but he's not doing it as a joke and stuff like that. It's, he's, it's an earnest special effect. You know what I mean? It doesn't really play it up to kind of really make it like a joke or like something that's, uh, that's funny and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's it's all interesting stuff. Yeah. It is. Oh, and another commentary that I liked in the movie was where where Lakeith Sanibel was like, like, what's that back there? I was like, oh, that's the VIP room. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna go to the VIP yeah. room. And he goes in there. It's cramped. It's not really that yeah. that great, you know, kind of thing. And he goes back out to the simple life of a regular bar, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So it, it does seem like like also commentary about people they want to be a VIP. Yeah. But they might real they should realize that hey, the life they're living right now is perfectly fine. Yeah. And also. That's a VIP. That's a VIP section for. Uh, I'm sure it's. I don't. Wanna, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to say for sure, but it's like it's probably like a black bar. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's him and his friend went there, right? But you know what I mean? But the, the idea is, uh, no matter where you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what economic ladder you're on, you want a VIP. You want to take it to right. the next level. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But you know, so so you, it's you you understand why he takes that next step when he's offered a VIP to the to the rich corporate white people, you know, VIP section of, of the of, of his shop. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're talking about the actual telemarketing? Yeah. Like, telemarketing, okay, yeah. I'll, see, I'll see more of the bar thing still. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same thing. <laughs> right, same but the same, thing, same, same idea, thing. though. You know, I'm just saying, no matter where you are, you want to take it to, you want to climb the ladder. You know correct, what I mean? correct. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's different. It's all relative and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But, yeah. So, you can, I'm just saying, yeah, that thing sets up. What happens yeah. later on? So, so it's a makes. commentary. It's a, more of an economical commentary, really, because yeah. of the fact that yeah, moving up will get you more money, but you may not necessarily be happier that way. Yeah. At what price? At what price do you? Uh, you know, there's always a price to pay and stuff. The like elevator that. gag is pretty funny, though. Like the number code that they have to do. That's like literally just like random numbers they keep yeah. having to take. Or, or the uh, the uh, the uh, the the voice in the elevator, mm-hmm. like like pumping them up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that remind yeah, that remind me of uh, American Psycho for some reason. You know what I mean? For some reason, that just reminded me of something that American Psycho, American Psycho, that character would do. You know what I mean? You have the biggest cog, <laughs> your cog is the best, and stuff like that. Just, just weird, hyper sexual, hyper fantastical things to get you hyped up for the day and stuff before you go to work and stuff. So yeah, it's good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff. In this. It's a, it's a very, it's a very thought provoking, very interesting movie and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it's, it a lot. it's very dense. There's, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of things that we haven't talked about. Yeah, yet. I just saw it literally like a couple of hours ago. I'm still kind of processing it and stuff like that. You know, maybe I'll come. Uh, it's, I mean, the, the only kind of downside to it, I would say, is like I said, the Tessa Thompson and the Keith relationship wasn't that great at the beginning. I just, I didn't. Didn't really feel the connection and stuff like that. Well, yeah, yeah. but I, I think and it's more—it's more, more of like just playing with the trope, the yeah. boyfriend-girlfriend trope kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it just didn't really do it for me, and it does kind of start off a little bit slow. I hate that's a 
that's not really criticism, it's an observation, really. But it just, it didn't really kind of, it really it's started picking up. It really kind of built up. I mean, once it's, the movie starts going, the second half, I really got more involved and more interested in stuff yeah. like that. For yeah. me, I wasn't, it wasn't really slow to me because the, the world building was building. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the introduction of the TV, mm-hmm. the, the car situation, you know, they, they're really, they were building it up. Yeah, you know? and there's a, but there's a scene where, I didn't, I didn't get this one, where after he's introduced to the VIP section at work and stuff like that, he goes to the ga- gallery and then she, he really, he was really sleepy or something and then he needed a, a hit of weed to wake up and stuff like that. I just, that, that scene, that scene didn't do anything for me. Kind of dragged on, like I didn't get the point of that scene and stuff like that. Okay. It's, it's just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, I've had the best, one of the better moments in the movie was the transition between when when he gets to the VIP section, he 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 gets super rich, right? So that transition between his he gives the uncle his check and then his apartment in the in the garage gets transferred into a fancy apartment. I thought that right, was really cool. Right. That was really cool. It was like a one shot take too, right? I don't know. I, it, felt, it, it felt like it when I was watching it. It was one shot, but but every time the camera turned, it was a different scene. Yeah, and everything get, got replaced. You know what I mean? The house got, the apartment got replaced, the TV got replaced, and stuff like that. I really like that that scene. In terms of what you were saying earlier about his Boots Riley, the director's visual flair, that's that's something I can't, I've never seen before. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, Maybe music videos. Quite like it. Yeah, it's really good. It's yeah. really good it, it is. It is. It is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a really strong movie. Oh, speaking of the car, the 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 manual wipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good and stuff like that. That's that's, that's really good. Yeah, I, like, I never I, I never seen that before. Yeah, I really like this movie. I would give it a good solid B plus, maybe A minus. Maybe if after I think about it some more, I'll give it a higher grade. But right, that's kind of where it stands right now. No, for me, I was completely in it. I think this is a solid A for me. Oh, right. It's on. definitely in like in my top ten of the year. Probably. It's no Paddington two. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Paddington two is pa- technically a nineteen uh, nineteen twenty seventeen movie. Well, not in America, and America is the most uh, according to our president. America is the most important country in the world. It's uh, you know what I mean. We're the most. There's no other country that actually exists. Our opinion is the most important stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, it's a good movie, very very good movie. A thumbs up. I, I wish there were more movies like this. Somebody tweeted this earlier. Like, if you if you're tired of sequels, prequels, reboots, remakes, and whatever, you go and support this movie because it's it's an original movie. It's definitely original. But, but here's a question. Yeah. Would you recommend this to white people? I recommend to everybody. A movie, a good movie is a good movie. Yes, I recommend to white people. Yeah. You recommend oh. to white people? Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I, I still question whether I would? Because like, like a lot of people are white at the point now. Oh, is this, is this another white hating movie? No, it's a white corporate hating movie. It's, 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 it's corporate. <laughs> it might not be the same thing. Like I no, said, there is no sympathetic white character in this movie. Yeah, but yeah, they'll, but they'll manage. You know what I mean? Like I said, you know, black people, Mexican people, they we've watched hundreds and hundreds of movies where it's just white people and stuff, and we had to empathize with them. They can do the, the white people can do the same thing. Do you, do you see the Academy Awards uh, last year? No, no, no. I, I know, I know the quote you're referring to. Yeah. But the point is, is that you're giving them too much credit. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I think you're not giving them enough credit. No, I think the, this is the, they, they got Trump in office. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, the, but the majority of people voted against Trump. Three over by three million people and stuff like that. You know that, I mean? that is true. That, that is true. I'm playing the numbers game. I'm playing. I'm. I believe in white people. Unlike you. The cynic. I am a lover, and I believe in the goodness of people. I, you know, I am like Paddington, the Paddington Bear. I believe the goodness in people and stuff like that. And I, I am sure majority of white people are have have the capacity to be empathetic, and they can relate to minority characters. Even you know, what I mean, in the in this leading role of a movie. Okay, so. I think I think I'll be more specific. Yeah. I, I don't see myself introducing this to a white person who isn't a millennial. No, I think you. I, I, think, I think boomers are not gonna get what this movie is about. I think I think you're not giving them. I don't think maybe so, unless think, they're like already already like into movies mm-hmm. and whatnot. 
I don't see this working for me. I don't me. recommend this to white people in Kentucky. I'll tell you that. What do you think of that? That's my racial profile right there. <laughs> That's my racial profile. Take that. I'm saying people from Kentucky are, are backwards and stuff. What do you think of that? Okay. No. Um, I recommend this to everybody. Everybody should go see it. Movies are for everybody. <coughs> Empathy is for everybody. Everybody can re- relate to anything if it's done well and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Except call me by your name. I don't get that at all. I don't. I don't. Also, sorry, I mean Harmon. I don't get uh, <laughs> Armie Hammer. Right? I want to get back to this point. Armie Hammer is fantastic. In this movie. I think the yes, Oscar yes. caliber uh, performance is something. Yeah, it'll like. be overlooked, but yeah, but it'll it, be it, it is really good. But this is I like him better than the call me by your name performance and stuff. I think that he's. I think he's you know great. what? I agree with you. Yeah. I I thought his call me by your name character was kind of like a cipher. It was, it was very. I I started to think it's yeah. not three dimensional, mm-hmm. but it kind of didn't feel three dimensional yeah. to me. It, it, he was exactly who he was supposed to be in the mm-hmm. movie, and uh, it, it kind of felt like, yeah. The thing is, with in relations to I don't know anything about Army Hammer, but the thing is, the, but from what I can tell, the call me by your name, call me by your name character seems closer to Army Hammer in real life than this person is to Army Hammer in real life. You know what I mean? I'm, I mean, I'm, not, talking, I'm not talking about the gay thing. I'm talking about a very upper white crust waspy lifestyle that Army Hammer must lead. It's very closer to, it's very close to Call Me By Your Name. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know what I mean? So, but I don't think Army Hammer, the person, is a coked up. I don't think he's evil. Yep. I don't think he's he's a horrific devil type character. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think, what I'm saying is he's challenging himself more in this movie than Call Me By Your Name and stuff like that. You know what I mean? No, fair enough. And plus, yeah. plus if, if you can't get Army Hammer, you can always get his twin that does start with right. him in the Facebook that's, movie. Yeah, that's not. Uh, that's oh, not, wait. That's, yeah, you're, <laughs> uh, once again, you're confusing real life. <laughs> With the movies, you're, you're easy. Take it easy, man. Take and it easy. on that note, uh, thumbs thanks, up. Thanks thumbs for up. listening. Yeah, thumbs up. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. Uh, John Murray, where can people find you online? You can find on the on me on the twitter.com. Uh, uh, I just, by the way, speaking of the twitter.com, none of my followers, none of my followers got got booted from the Russian per Twitter purge. So yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't have any Russian bots. You can find me on Twitter, J I A M I N G L L U. And it's Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert Five X Five. Uh, on my side of movie blog, stuff and junk show, extra stuff, extra spoils, weekly podcast, weekly comic strip, and whowhatworsewhy.com. All that. Okay. If you want to contact us, you can contact us on whowhatworsewhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave your comment, leave a comment on our social media. If you want to show your support, head over to whowhatworsewhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the White Axis. Find them at thewhyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworsewhy.com as well as the show notes. So I actually went ahead and saw um, what's the movie called? Uh, Towering Inferno meets Die Hard. Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Yeah, I just saw it. You know, for the most part, it's not offensive. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's there. Mm-hmm. It's mediocre. It really? It's not, I heard, not I heard original from from what I can tar- from what I can tell from the Twitter.com. I, some people are saying it might be a little bit unreaded because they say there's a lot of good stuff in the movie. Yeah, there were legitimately some drilling scenes. Yeah. You know, so it, I give it a lot of credit for for being what it, it knows what it is, mm-hmm. except for the one part. This is spoilers for Skyscraper. Hey, hey did you, are you going to ask me if I'm going to watch the Skyscraper.com? Hey, Jamming, are you going to watch Skyscraper? The Die Hard in Hong Kong. <laughs> die Hard in Hong Kong. <laughs> the brown chocolate Die Hard Bruce Willis movie. I'm not going to watch it. Go ahead, spoil it. Okay. There, there, there are, this movie actually has like several callbacks mm-hmm. to stuff that are established in the movie, which apparently were foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there is one specific one that I want to sure. tackle. Uh, Nev Campbell's character, Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell, yes. Nev Campbell's character apparently has problems with her phone, mm-hmm. and and she always brings it to the Rock, and the Rock's like, "What do I always tell you? What you're supposed to do with your phone when when you have problems? Mm-hmm. Reboot it." You know, it's like, so did, did you did you restart it? It's like, no, because I, I I want you to have the privilege of fixing it for me. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a thing? 
cute joke. It's a funny joke. Whatever. Right. At the uh, later on in the movie, The Rock gets the tablet that controls the fire system in the in the movie. There's, there's a reason why the skyscraper is caught on fire. Right. Because the uh, the bad guys mm-hmm. stole the tablet from The Rock. Sure. And and they they disabled all the the fire suppressant mm-hmm. techniques that the that the building actually yeah. has. As you do. As you do. Mm-hmm. So not only, not only did the bad people get the tablet, mm-hmm. but they had a hacker who who went ahead and put in like he's gonna change the software, he's gonna yeah. put security in it so that nobody else but me, the hacker, mm-hmm. can change it, can change the settings, yeah. right? And he goes, "That's smart, isn't it?" And then the bad lady goes, "Bang!" She kills him. Uh-huh. Not so smart, obviously, because he, if he's the only person that can that yeah. can that can fix it, mm-hmm. then kill that person, yeah. right? Because they don't they don't want they want the building to to yeah. to die. Mm-hmm. So later on in the movie, Nev Campbell gets a hold of the tablet. Looks through the settings. You go, oh, it's locked. It's locked. It's locked. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, what do you think she does? She uses a rock, so she changes the setting. So you change the setting. What? Wait, what happened? What do you think she does to fix that problem? She breaks the tablet. She uh, she enters reboot. That'll be even stupider. Yeah, <laughs> stupider. I think. Mm-hmm. No, like, remember the whole foreshadowing thing? Yeah. Uh huh. She reboots the tablet. She wait, she just turns it on and off. She just turns it on. Yeah, and what, off. what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So so okay. Going back, hacker changes the programming so that nobody can yeah. unlock the the, the fail safe system yeah, yeah. unless you have okay. the hacker guy right. to because hacker right. Her solution, and when I was watching, I was like, they better not go there. They better not go there. Is to reboot the system, and then it fixes everything. That doesn't even work on my iPhone. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on! When, That's I make the any, most... when, I, when I make any changes to my iPhone, I can't re- I can't. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't. I can't go back to default setting. Yeah. If I restart if I start my iPhone, not to mention this trillion dollar skyscraper. Are you sure it's, that's what happened? It's not that simple. It's so stupid. That can't be right. It's that's so not true. stupid. That, that hacker guy that got shot in the head must be rolling in his grave right now. He, <laughs> no. he must be what the hell? He's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I got shit I got work. defeated by low batteries or, or reset. What's What's happening? That can't be right. It, it boggles my mind. I was doing the movie was doing so well with like okay generic action yeah. thriller that has some legitimately exciting scenes mm-hmm. and then that scene happens. Okay, uh, I do have a couple of counters though. Okay, this is, again I haven't seen the movie, but this is what the Twitter is telling me. There's uh, they they kind of uh, they do a couple couple of neat things. One neat thing that they they did is like uh, and usually in these action kind of movies the husband is usually a distant father or have a bad relationship with his wife. And because of this disaster that, that ensues, he becomes a better husband, a better wife. Mm-hmm. And But they say in this movie, they kind of they don't do that at all. He's a devoted husband. He's yep. a loving father at the beginning. Yep. And he's throughout the movie. So, oh, totally, totally. That's cool. And yeah. this whole disabled angle, of uh, uh, which, which is obvious because you know, he's disabled and stuff like that. So it, it's a it's a plus for the disabled community and stuff to see, see good representation on their by their community. I right? think it's also kind of like a cheat that the writers did. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure they set up the puzzles. Okay, how is he going to beat this? How is he going to beat this? Mm-hmm. There's one scene where he needs to stop a door. So he has a, he has a detachable foot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how he keeps the door from closing. Well, so it, you're saying his foot is like Captain America's shield in the first Avengers. His, his foot is <laughs> his disabled. His disability is yeah. a weapon. Yeah, his disability well, is a uh, weapon. That you say plot convenience, but I say it's a metaphor for life. What do you think of that? Take your weaknesses. Didn't you learn anything from a Kung Fu Panda too? Take your weaknesses, and yet, and, be, be, be and yet, this this what two hundred and fifty pound man of muscle mm-hmm. is able to run fast enough with a disabled foot to jump the freaking crane hey, across hey, hey, hey. to a building. You 
Oh, we're gonna take you. We're gonna take you to a special Olympics and stuff. The Paralympic, Paralympic Olympics, whatever you call, what do you, whatever you call it, and you go race some guy with one foot. See who's, who's faster. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't even have the special foot that yeah. allows him to do that. It's just a regular. I'm just saying they're very quick, even with the artificial <laughs> leg. How dare you, Albert? We're gonna go to Paralympics, whatever you call it, and we're gonna race somebody. We'll see who's faster. His ability is yeah. not a superpower, folks. His ability oh, wow, is not wow, a superpower. Wow, you can find Albert at the Albert. Uh, com, twitter.com so go at him guys how dare you and also uh, Mark Bernardin the guy the co-host of Fat Man ba- Batman mentioned there's a there's a th- the third act twist involving the main character do you, do you know what he's talking about he's saying that uh, something happens to the Rock character even though the Rock is a big action hero big movie star there's something that's humbling that happens to his character that, that that's not usually associated with uh, action stars and stuff like that you know what, you know what he's talking about no. <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe. All right. What? That doesn't make sense to me. He gets beat down with it by his prosthetic leg. Is that what happens? I don't know. Well, I mean, that happens. One. That happens briefly. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm just asking questions here. But yeah. All right. I'm really curious. I don't, I don't know what he's referring to. There, there, there's there's a scene in the end where they did complete uh, Enter the Dragon kind of motif where it's a bunch of mirrors, reflection mm-hmm. stuff, and and right, right across from him, uh, the bad person reenacts the same scene in the beginning of the movie where the bad person. Um, is turning is facing the other way, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Turn around, turn yeah. around!" He mm-hmm. turns around and he's holding on to a child. Oh, okay, right, and and the, and then he lets the child down, and he has a bomb and blows oh, up. That's okay. how he loses his leg. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the movie, the bad guy is facing the other way. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Turn around!" And sure enough, he turns oh, around, and his vu. daughter is there. Oh, deja vu, man! You know, oh, that's, so that's so I I can't afford to lose another leg. Come on, guys! Come <laughs> so on. so he puts on his gun. Okay, yeah. you win. Yeah. Except there's one. Except he, but here's I, something I gotta tell you. What's that? I'm behind you because yeah. whole Enter the Dragon yeah. reflection thing. Yeah. You know, so he has to be behind. Watch the guy. Bruce Lee movies is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like I don't know what this plot twist yeah. is that he's referring to. But. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it someday when it comes out on Netflix. It's, it's a perfectly serviceable movie with a horrible plot development at the very end involving rebooting a tablet. I don't know, man. That I, does not make sense. I don't know. I'm writing this down. This is a neat trick and stuff like that. <laughs> you don't know, man. Re- turn off to yeah. reboot. If you, you have a virus, all you got to do is reboot your computer or whatever no, and it's all gone. Makes no goddamn sense and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's uh, going on. Oh, also, I have a little PS uh, after the credits thing right now too. It's a follow-up to the MoviePass thing. Uh, what, uh, I don't know what... Uh, it looks like AMC changed the app or something like that. But it's one of where I said uh, if you if you buy a ticket that's uh, three, for a movie that's three weeks advance, it holds that slot. Right, uh, it holds that slot until you see the movie. Uh-huh. We see. It doesn't do that anymore. I was, it, I was right the first time. Oh, really? Was it? It wasn't like that when I first did it that first day. Okay, it but, wasn't like that. The slot, like I said, that that slot was filled. It was whole. It was <laughs> oh, held God. up. It was whole. It couldn't. It couldn't be wedged free. That slot could not be open. You can put nothing in it until you saw that movie weeks later and stuff like that. Okay, but yeah, in the second week and stuff like that, yeah, I got uh, sorry. F- uh, what do you call it? Uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. And there's still two more slots open. <laughs> two more slots open. Even though I uh, pre-bought uh, Mission Impossible, which is like two weeks from now, right? So yeah, yeah. So, so I was right because I, I thought I thought they were pretty clear. It's based on the yeah. weeks, so you 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 essentially just took a slot from that week. Yeah, but yeah. the slot the, the week before that should still have. Yeah, open it should slots. still be open. Yeah, open for <laughs> business and stuff like that. But that's not the what that's not what the app was doing. It's one of those things. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was a bug or thing that was. Or like somebody reminded them, hey, you told them you know three three movies a week, and you're not doing that. So yeah. Alright. All I know is my slots are open now. It's it's open for business. It's nice and clean. It's nice it's nice and open and stuff like that. For it's all it's all ready for good stuff. It's, it's all ready for good times. That's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> yes. And this has been another episode of Spoilers Please, which is part of the Who What Wears My Network. You should say thanks for listening. I can't, I can't imagine who's listening right now. Who's listening to those nonsense? Yeah.